Today we will hear a story which should be very interesting for those who are at the very beginning of their startup journey or maybe they have just created the company they're looking for their first customers or maybe they are building their product maybe they have their first customers and they don't know what to do next i really think at the end of this episode you will know quite a lot about all the problems that you can encounter and how to solve them most importantly it's a story about a software startup trying to enter a very difficult market a very old school market the market is logistics and transportation we've been transporting goods for centuries The methods are still the same, but thanks to technology, we can optimize certain things. And this is what Logintegra does. They optimize transportation and logistics in big organizations. This episode is also very important for me because I've seen the ups and downs of my guest. I've known him for a while. We're good friends. And I could probably do this episode on my own, but I thought it would be rude doing it without him. So... In the end, it's two of us today. Enjoy. Thanks for accepting the invite to the interview, Kasper. As you know, I found myself a new hobby, but there are actually valid reasons to interview people like you. Regardless of the fact that we've known each other for quite a while, and I could probably do the intro on your behalf on my own, I would like you to tell the listeners a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Kasper. I had a plan to be a professional piano player some years ago. So just because of that, now I'm the CEO of uh, IT company. Perfect. That's a great intro, Kasper. I, I wouldn't ask for anything better. So in that case, tell us a bit about uh, your products, your services. Who are your clients and what problems do you solve? Problems that we solve exist only in big organizations. If someone produces more than, let's say, 10 trucks of goods per week, there could be the chance to find some good reasons to work with us. Oh, I see. I see. So so mainly big companies where they uh, manufacture a lot of goods and they need to ship them somewhere. So that's the basis. Yes, the basis are the producing companies, but we have also some distribution uh, and resellers companies. So if you would name some of the products or services which you provide to these companies, um, how would you name them? What are the products and what are the services? So first thing that uh, we are selling is software that could help find you the lower cost of transporting goods from point to point. For example, if you have many carriers, you don't have any software, you have to call them and ask for the price. But with software, they could get access to your database and they could put offers on auction. And uh, when the auction is finished, you could find the lowest price. That's the one thing. Another thing is uh, scheduling for uh, warehouses, but it's not for scheduling people, but it's for scheduling trucks. For example, in many in many companies, there's the problem that in some hours of the day, there are many trucks, but in other hours, there's, there's no one. So there will be problem with some extra hours for staff and also problem with QEs in warehouses. 
The another thing uh, is software for logistic companies who are carrying the dangerous goods, like for example, chemistry or something like this. Okay, I see. So the last one you just said, is it just for the companies with uh, hazardous goods or? It could be useful for different companies also, but there are a lot of software for just normal average carrier. But it's hard to find something for someone who have to carry the hazard or, or dangerous goods. Okay, so we've covered pretty much the area of your expertise. Well, expertise of Logintegra. Great, thank you very much for that. It's it's very interesting. I invited you, Katsper, because I really think that besides the business, I think it's also the story that you have behind creating your company that should be heard. I would like to ask you, what was the reason for starting a software company? And I would like to split this into two answers, if uh, possible, please. Tell us about the technical problem solution aspect. So that would be the first thing. And then maybe tell us a bit more about your personality or what drives you as a person or maybe something about your vision to pursue creating a company or managing a company. You know but that our company is a family company. And in Poland, people say that it's not a good idea to have a business with family, uh, but it's not our case. The beginning of the company was uh, the idea of my father, who has more than 20 years experience in logistics company and who designed first logistics software like this in the company which employed him. But there was no chance to develop it for other clients because as long as he was working in that logistic company there was no chance any other logistic company will use the same software in the same time i was on the last stage of my studies and i have to choose the team for my thesis and i decide to try to create something similar that companies of of my father's trying to do but for many clients and this was the beginning of the whole business it was also a good idea for me just because i have a problem with bosses i, I really don't know how to work with them so if i have no boss it's quite easier to me after some time uh, my brother joined us my father still worked in this logistic company but support me as as a cfo and uh, now the three of us are working together and i think it's really great because we, we can understand each other even without words for the first part of the question about technical problem solution things i think my father and i we saw that there was really many suboptimal or just stupid solutions in companies and we saw that that people really lose their time to call something like 10 or 20 companies and ask do you have a truck in this location or maybe you could bring some goods from this point to this for us it was really really strange that in 21st century there is no better solution to just save time and save money and this was the first problem to address I see. So the first solution you've created was the solution for uh, auctioning. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I see. that's correct. Well, okay. So fast forward a uh, couple years from uh, then, uh, currently, you employ around 15 people. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Of course. So I guess for a small software company, 
which is well i guess profitable i mean uh, you know contacting you from time to time just because we're friends i've seen you growing and my question now is about raising money versus bringing in clients do you have any comments uh, about raising money at early stages because i don't think you've got any venture capitalists organizing your life now yeah yes i i really like this topic and buzzwords and I think it's really a lot of mm, misunderstandings because I even heard one guy who told that he laid down something like 10 companies, again, looking for money from investors. I really could not understand it because if you cannot sell something, you cannot even know if your idea is good or not. I have two stories about raising money. First story was about my uncle. He is our only one, let's say, financial investor from last five years. He decided to give us some money and buy some shares in the company. We had some mm, strict rules how it will work, what was he buying and what we could offer to him. And now the value of his shares are higher than five years ago when he gave us money. And I think it is a good deal for both sides because he had some opportunities to sell shares and get the money back, but he never decided to do this. Second story is about the money from EU. A few years ago, we tried to make a business with some investment fund and that investment fund haven't had any own money. EU gave almost all the money and we spent a lot of time creating documents, um, talking with them, going to their office, and we even pay to some specialists just to know what's the value of our company and how many shares we could sell them. Probably this is not the only one company in Poland who works like this. After a few months, we realized that really they don't care about the business. They really don't care about selling something on finding new markets. They only care to get their money back and that was even not their own money. And after a few months, they're giving us some new rules. Like for example, we have to have this man in this position. We have to pay for this lawyer. We have to choose this office or something. And all those services came from their businesses and we never decided to sell any shares for them. After last meeting, the guy preparing all documentation for the board on the side of those company, uh, he called me and said, I really admire that you decide to not get this money. Because when I came to this company, I thought that we will really make a investment fund, but I'm really thinking about just give it up because it's a joke. It's not investment fund. So it was just an example of uh, mismanaged uh, EU funds, is that correct? I think that, that was really stupid idea to pump money into the companies that have completely no experience in investing in something. And the owners don't have to have their own money on the table and they don't have any responsibility. So let, let's go to the summary maybe. I really would not recommend to start from looking for money from investors. If you could start working, let's say, after your normal work, if you could start working on weekends, if you could not spend a lot of money in the beginning, after a few years, you will be the owner of much bigger part of your company. Probably you will not have any TV or, I don't know, Xbox in your office in first year. 
But it doesn't matter when, when it comes to the business. If you decide to sell it after, let's say, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, and you really will have something to sell. And it will not be like 20% or, or less. And also, there's another thing that you could find just your way if you decide to do it on, on your own. Mm-hmm. It's, it's harder, especially if you have family and you, you have to bring money to to home every month. But I think it's worth it. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that series of stories. That's great to hear that uh, I thought you... maybe it would be more funny, but <laughs> for now <laughs> it's really more sad or serious. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it is a serious problem, actually. And I think, well, that's one of the reasons I'm trying to promote some of the companies in my podcast, because the main goal here is to learn from each other. And if someone sees a good opportunity in venture capital and there is a product, maybe they succeed. Why not? But on the other hand, there are companies like yourself mm-hmm. where you know the sweat equity is, is just the opposite and you work hard and then the results come a bit later. They are yours, fully yours. Yes, also another thing that if I will start any new business in the future, I will have a lot more experience than few years ago when I started this company. So if I would decide to get money from investors, I will have a wider view about the expectation, about the also the legal aspects, and I will have much more experience some years of doing business. But many people decide to get money from investors without any experience, and really they, they cannot predict their re- results. They cannot predict the volume of sales in the next three years. And you could put it in Excel or something like this, but you could be sure it will not work like this because if you're not selling, you don't have any information from the market. Sure. Okay, brilliant. Let's move on. I want to ask whether you remember the beginning of the journey and if you remember how difficult it was. Um, I would like to ask you what are the key factors to survive the start. So you've started uh, roughly during the university times. Uh, so you were finishing your thesis. And then, uh, as you said earlier, it just uh, started out as a company. And I would like you to share with us some thoughts about the early days. That's the point. I think that the hardest time was just before we found the first big client. And, uh, we didn't have any money. And it was really the problem that we didn't know if that thing that we are working on is it good or not if it has any chances or or not and i think it's much easier to produce software than finding someone who can pay for it and this part of team that was responsible for finding first client that was quite depressed because it takes really long time they, they don't have any successes. So would you say that at the very beginning mm. you actually didn't, well, you didn't know basically whether it's going to work out. You've just kept your fingers crossed and kept working. So I think this was the most difficult stage that when you cannot predict anything. Now every company pays us monthly fee. So we have some predictable incomes. But at that time we, we haven't 
and I think that was the, the, the main problem. So during that first stage, during that difficult time, how did you convince people who worked with you to stay with you and still believe in your idea? I think that was the second most difficult job. So probably for most of people that was the hope or vision that that thing that we are working on really could work and help someone. That we really could change something in the way that people in this business work. And that thing gave them the, the strength to, to work in that hard time. I don't think it was my special abilities or something like this well you know my opinion is that if there is a team there has to be a leader and someone was the leader i'm i'm quite sure that it was you and people just followed you somehow and as you said it was probably the vision and the clarity behind the first initial product you go to ebay or amazon and you're paying for auctions basically so this is a similar solution but on a bit different scale and for a different client so maybe that was the reason they've seen the opportunity that's at least from my perspective Kasper I think you should be uh, proud of yourself I really thought about that leadership thing uh, and I'm curious about your opinion but I think that something that is deeply inside our nature that if sometimes we could be leaders sometimes we could follow someone and there probably is not more than these two options so I don't know if someone decides to be a leader probably we could learn to be better leaders for sure we could learn what we have not to do as leaders but how could we be sure that people really choose us or in some circumstances we follow someone why we choose those people that we are choosing i think it's inside us it's not that simple that we are thinking well you know it's probably down to physics and chemistry at atomic level <laughs> maybe but i strongly believe that certain things you can learn certain things are just built into us i know that i'm never gonna be a great sportsman even though I can try to build my muscles and try to jump higher or whatever, I know that's just not my DNA. So I think we may have some tendencies, but there is also a lot of work behind it. And uh, I think I've got some more questions about hard work uh, later on. So I will uh, move on to another thing, which I'm very curious about. Okay. How long did it take you to build the first version of your usable product that the potential customer wanted to talk about and then buy was it six months one year or even longer i think the the most valuable answer would be too long mm. we tried to have too many options too many features in the version one and when we found the first client we figured out that some of features they don't need it but another that I need and we don't have it. I don't remember exactly because it was part from the thesis and part for looking for client time. If we summarize it, it took us something between six months and, and a year. I see. I think it was too long. We, we could start with with smaller system and also find the same client. Okay, that's very interesting. So in that case, let's talk about your first customers then. How did you find them? It took us probably about six months because we didn't know that the process of selling someone in a big company as we address is quite long. So even if you find the company in really good moment and they really need your solution, 
and you have uh, most of options that they need you have to have a few months just to sign the agreement to uh, have time for funding money inside this company uh, we didn't know that because only experience that we have was from the logistics business of my father and in that case they have to transport goods every day so how we find them it was really old school way trying to find a number to the exact person on the internet and call to the company and ask if they need something like this okay so you probably tried around 100 times and 100 first time someone said yes yes it's probably more than 100 i know now that it's not the wisest option that we could choose but well it seems like it's just you know another story that sometimes you can read on the internet someone tried to sell something it didn't work and then suddenly it just clicked yeah from our side it wasn't suddenly (laughs) we are really tired about this the situation and we had some leads we had a lot of meetings with many companies but uh, they not decide to to buy from us so it wasn't suddenly but in the end uh, you've succeeded and you had your first contract which is great now we know that you've managed to grow the company you're dealing mainly with big brands like PCC or uh, Biedronka or Hochland, companies we all know in Poland. How do you even get started with them? So can you just call them or can you walk into the office and try to arrange a meeting or you need to do something else? I mean, I'm looking from a perspective of another company. So someone would like to learn from you how to approach a big organization. This is what I'm trying to understand. I think now it looks really different than let's say five or ten years ago because five years ago people did answer calls of course there is a chance to find a number or maybe to call to secretary and maybe she or he will give you a number but it's really hard work and I don't recommend to start with that now we are working a lot on LinkedIn we are trying Google AdWords and another Google solutions and we just want to do everything that someone will call us if the first move is on the client side is really really much easier to close a deal because client is already sure that they need something and decision is only about uh, what they choose i see so what is your opinion then about education in general because when we talk about education we mainly think you know like person to person but i think education business to business is also very important i had an interview with a company which specializes in uh, ai and machine learning their name is bite lake and this is what they have to do on daily basis because companies they don't understand what ai brings to the table so i guess this is probably similar to what you've got you've got software solution for companies and you've got something that may not necessarily be understood so what is the role of education in your opinion i think it depends what are you selling now in logistics the vision that you could use some software that could help you with daily work is quite known in poland it's nothing new but i had some meetings with u.s companies last week and i was really surprised that I have to educate them about opportunities, about things that they could have 
uh, with that solution. So looking for new markets or if you have a product that are creating a new market, the education, you just have to do it. There's no other option, especially if you are selling something like AI or a few years ago, like cloud computing. Everybody knew the word, but nobody knew what it exactly mean. So I think it depends. If you're selling someone something what is quite known to people, it shouldn't be the biggest part of your marketing. But uh, if you're selling something new or selling something to new people, you just have to do it. Okay. Could you please identify the significant milestones in the process of building your company so probably the first milestone we've already spoke about this that was the first clients and they gave you feedback and then they gave you some money and you've managed to create a new product new version so what was the next uh, significant milestone in the history of the company Mm, as i remember probably second client it sounds funny but in many cases i think second client is the same big problem and opportunity in the same time as a first client because if you have only one client you could do everything for them when you have more than one client on the same product you have to change your way of thinking or you have to change your way of working for them so second client was also a big company it was ABB and it was a really big challenge for us Another milestone was was decision of our uh, most experienced developer to leave the team. We really have to find a solution how just not bankrupt without him. Another milestone was the moment that we decide to create a new version of the software that will be maybe not as flexible for the clients that the first version, but we could really have a big amount of customers in the same system. And I think uh, also the big milestone was the moment when my father decided to leave really good paid job in the logistic company and join us for full time. From the beginning, the idea was that we will work together as, uh, as a team. And that thing happened two years ago. And I think everybody are really happy with that. So in that case, you've achieved something, you've achieved your goals, but what's next? What is your vision for next few years? What are you trying to achieve? It's a family-run business, very interesting software which solves problems of large organizations in Poland. What are you trying to do next? I think now the main goal is to find new markets and just to find really big clients outside Poland. After that, we will see. I know that we could have quite uh, specific plans for five years ahead but I'm not that kind of person who could live that way and work that way I really like discovering something so now we have plans for that year and for the next year will be I don't know maybe in six months I see so basically you're trying to find your first client somewhere abroad yeah so maybe now Let's just finish off smoothly with a question about autonomous vehicles. What is your view on that? How the transport and logistics industry will change, when it will happen, and how Logintegra can participate in this change? I think that the the most important thing is that it will happen. There's probably no other option, so everybody has to prepare on it. I think we are in the quite good position for these changes because the logistics companies 
are not our main clients. There are users in our software, but they are not paying us. All the money we have, we have from producers. And we are quite good in integrating with other systems. So probably if there will be some big companies in Polish market in in next, I don't know, maybe 10 years, that they will have autonomic trucks, they will be also looking for opportunities to integrate with some software running inside the producing companies. So now we are integrating with standard carriers and their IT systems. And next years, we will start to integrate with autonomic uh, trucks carriers. And maybe it will be the same companies. Companies like, I don't know, DHL or uh, UPS. And we are already integrated with them. Okay, so the future is bright for you, I guess. I'm really grateful for the interview. I really admire the fact that you've got your company uh, up and running uh, over years. It... Oh, I, I don't think it's such a big deal. Well, now you say it's not a big deal, but uh, I'm pretty much sure you've been throughout some stressful moments in your life. And, uh, well, it's just, you know, big congratulations. But before we finish, there is one more thing I would like to ask you, uh, which is uh, what would you do different when it comes to Logintegra or building Logintegra when you look back? This is a very important question, I think. Just share something with the listeners. Maybe there is someone who is struggling a bit. What would you do different? Okay, if I had the experience that I have now, yeah? Well, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think I would change really many things. And early days, we thought that if you create something great, for sure we'll be clients for that. Now we are looking for client, talk with them about money before creating something. Also, we thought that if you are not experienced, we have to sell cheap. And that's not true. If if you came to a big company and they decide to choose your software or another solution, Probably price is not the main reason. And if you are starting your business now and you're quite afraid, probably you have to double your prices. I would really recommend it to to do it just today. Because if we do this on the beginning, we will find the same amount of clients, but there will be huge difference about amount of stress in our life. Okay, that's interesting. So it seems like price is not the challenge. It's more about the execution and what you can deliver. Yes, and also about market prices. If your company is young, you don't have to have prices really below the market. Okay, that's interesting. So this should not be the differentiator, basically. Yeah, I, I think it shouldn't be. Okay, that's great. I think it's a very good advice. You know, it's interesting because that's probably the most natural thing for people to do if you can't find clients you just lower prices it's not just in it or technology it's pretty much everywhere we see this well you've been there you've done that so it's not something you think about it's something you you lived through and it's your experience thank you for that also if if we are talking about b2b if you're selling something too cheap it could be a problem to the client because it looks like something that is not professional Okay, Kasper, thank you very much. We went through all the questions. I really admire you a lot as a hardworking person. Congratulations for everything that you have accomplished business-wise. And uh, obviously, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for the interview. Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to talk with you.